Is it me or is it cold in here? Oh, maybe it's cold because today we're talking about the ice factions. Or maybe it's just cold because it's England in November and everything is bleak and freezing. One of the two. Anyway, today in the last in our series of Fire and Ice Faction Guides, we have Gino, Fire 2 champion and um, high-level player on the Fire and Ice ladder, and he is going to talk about the Ice Factions, which are the Yetis and the Ice Maidens. Uh, maybe a bit more conventional than the Volcano and the especially the Variable Factions, um, but still some interesting ones to hear about the strategy and how to get the best of them as ever it's worth having a look at the faction boards which i will link in the notes uh as you go along to keep an eye out and yes i hope this is useful and uh while i'm here i will also mention as we talked to zoras about his excellent video for the yetis his sort of faction introduction which is a work of art and also very useful. Um, but now, yeah, rounding up this series, we have Gino talking to me, EJ, about the Ice Factions. Have fun, everyone. Hello. Gino. Nice. How are you, dude? Good, man. How are you? I'm fine, too. Cool. So, are you feeling, are you feeling confident about the ice factions? Oh, I'm, I think I'm, I'm fine now. So, I, I have some, some good experience with Yetis. Uh, but uh, I didn't play Ice Mains for quite a time now. So, uh, I normally play those factions in the, in the Fire and Ice ladder. Mm -hmm. And shortly, I think it was like three or four months ago, I played a nice maiden game. It didn't went that well, but uh, yeah, I think I learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This, yeah, everyone's learning, right? This is the thing. Is It's clear that there's, from talking to Fruity, um, they're still sort of being developed, and once they're on BGA, they're going to be developed more and stuff like that. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's much much easier to develop those factions on BGA because uh, you can play games a lot faster. So uh, sure, yeah. Back 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 on my days when I just played on 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 Snellman, I have to say I didn't try that much crazy stuff. Because if you play a game like uh, for for around three or four weeks or even longer, then it really yeah, it's not so cool if you if you make a crazy move, and then your yeah. game is is broken for 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 the next four weeks and you have to <laughs> to watch ever and ever again into this match and make moves. It's it's not so much fun. But if you play on BGA. You can just try out something, and if you lose the game, you lose it. Doesn't matter, but at least the game is over after two hours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
Yeah, and you don't tumble down the fire and ice ladder if you come in fourth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because of that, I think it it's it's easier to yeah try out new and different lines with uh, with with those uh, expansion factions. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so you you looked at the questions, right? Um, I'm basically going to go through them in order uh, for each faction. Um, but if there's anything that you want to add or anything else, just like say what you want, and it's it's all good. Um, yeah. Did you just... did you listen to the one with fruity? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I listened to that. It was pretty nice yeah. and interesting. So uh, yeah, it's really interesting. His uh... That he said that he thinks double temple opening is great with uh, with river walkers, and then uh, the the funny thing was that uh, that I played uh, a game with with Rafa and um, two other guys uh, on BGA two or three days ago, and then uh, one of one of those guys also played river walkers and started with double temple opening, and it worked. Uh, it worked pretty okay. nice. It was so. Of course, he was super lucky that he connected at the end of the game. But uh, I think it this works pretty nice, and uh, yeah, I I think I need to try that too. <laughs> okay, there we go. That's yeah. That's 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 cool to know that yeah, <laughs> his um, hypothesis may be correct. Yeah, yeah. No, and uh, about ice faction. So there is in in this game where I played. Uh, uh, ice mains. I played against Fruity. I think it was it was uh, it was also a a game one game. So uh, the first game in the fire and ice ladder. And at the mm -hmm. end of the game, I I was chatting a little bit, and 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 he answered me. Uh, if you want to have a good guide, here is a link of of a board game geek thread. And uh, yeah, I I now read through this. And uh, it's pretty nice. So it's uh, Matt, Matt the Lesser, who wrote uh, a pretty nice article yes. about them. And uh, I didn't know that. I, I I can remember that I once saw this uh, this user on Snellman uh, with the name Ice Maidens, and it was a Smurf account from him. And he said there that uh, that he tried a lot. Uh, he he tried them a lot because he was thinking that they are very underestimated and they ha have a lot of potential. And yeah, so he tried the different stuff. And yeah, he, I think he summarized pretty nice uh, in which settings they are good and in which settings they are not that good and uh, which uh, strategies you can play with them. So it was a very interesting article. Okay. If you, yeah, if you could, if you send me that. Uh, I spoke to Matt for the, he did the volcano guide. I don't know mm -hmm, if I mentioned, mm -hmm. but yeah, he mentioned that he'd written an essay on ice maidens at some point. So yeah, I, I can link to that as well for the ice. Yeah. Wait, I... Not that we'll need it after you've talked about them. <laughs> uh, cool. So can you give an overview of how the ice terrain works in general in terms of digging home terrain that kind of thing yeah so at the start of the game when you decide to pick ice mains or put ice mains into the auction you have to 
pick a color. So they they are not they have not one uh, special color, but you have to pick one color in the moment when you pick them. And um, of course, it can't be a color uh, which is already picked. You have to pick another color, and um, then they both factions, so Ice Mains and Yetis, they start with two dwellings and uh, on their, let's say, home terrain, if, if that is, for example, green, uh, then they can choose two green hexes. They immediately uh, get transformed to ice. So you have your two starting locations. And from from that point on, uh, you you need to use at least one dig for every hex uh, yeah, you, you take. So for example, the, the color neighbors of green are blue and gray. And yep. you, so you need for gray, blue, and for green, which is your home terrain, you need one dig to transform those hexes into ice. And the rest of the color reel works the same as uh, for the other factions. Very nicely explained. Very nicely explained. Uh, but I think the, 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 the crucial point is that you have no home terrain. So you need to use digs on every single, for every single dwelling you want to place on the map. Yes, yes, yeah. So yeah, you need spades. Yeah, exactly. All I was going to say is it's worth mentioning that like Volcano, once you have dug a hex to ice, nobody can ever transform it again. So it's safe forever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that works same as for the volcano factions, and um, yeah, this uh, to just mm, say one uh, advantage for this is, for example, if you get spades from the from the uh, from the cool track, uh, the nice thing is that you can use those spades on hexes, and if you if you transform those hexes into ice no one can take them so even if you don't build on those hexes in your first move or someone else is uh, before you in the in the player order they cannot take those hexes and that's uh, that's one of the upsides from ice and volcano so but volcano factions don't get any spades from the cults but that's the upside for for ice factions yeah sure sure nice uh, so the two ice factions are the ice maidens and the yetis. The weird thing in the rule is that it says that yetis don't exist, even in Terra Mystica, but you can play as yetis. I don't fully understand that, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's strange. <laughs> are they people in costumes? Is that what it's getting at? Yeah, it seems. Anyway, um, do you have a preference of which to go through first or is there one to, that makes more sense to go through first um i don't really care maybe we start with uh, with yetis and uh i can i can start with uh with a funny with a funny story when i started to play terra mystica so uh we <laughs> uh, it, it was it was back in my in my times when i when i studied and we basically were a group of five. So it was me, my girlfriend, and three friends of us. And we played one time a week Terra Mystica, so five-player Terra Mystica. 
and uh, at, at some point, uh, uh, one of those friends uh, bought us the Fire and Ice uh, expansion. And uh, I can I can remember that I I read through the through the through the six new factions, and then I I read somewhere a, a, a thread where it was written that uh, Yetis are like the the beginner faction because uh, you have a lot of uh, yeah a lot of uh, possibilities with them and they are pretty easy and straightforward to play. <laughs> And then, yes. and then I, I, I played them the first time and I ended with 60 points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they're easy to play, but they're not easy to necessarily actually get points with slash win games with, I guess, right? A bit like, um, say, Alchemists or, or Nomads, maybe. Yeah, the, the thing was, of course, I was not that experienced at that time. It was, uh, it was my, my first steps into Terra Musica. But that was pretty funny that I was confident. I now I have yeah. I have a match on this game today. I'm gonna win it, and then I ended with sixty points. It was one of my worst scores ever. I've read all the factions. I've got this fully worked out. Watch out, yeah. everyone! The Yetis are coming. Yeah, these are coming. Yeah, right. But I think um, uh, if we if we look at Yetis, so the the to to go through that faction. Uh, the their main ability is that they can take um, power actions for one uh, power less. So the six power actions from the bridge to the double spade, um, they always pay one power less. So you can take the bridge and the priest for two power, and for example, the double spade for only five power. Yep. That's Which the... is obviously nice. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's that's pretty nice. And um, we also have to mention at that point that Yetis uh, start with 12 power in Bowl 2. So they start with all of their power in Bowl 2. That's also, uh, yeah, uh, an advantage for them. Oh, yeah, right. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's important because uh, those small things, sometimes you forget them, and but those are very yeah interesting and also important things mm, yes yeah especially when it synergizes so well with taking those cheap power actions yeah 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 and um the so the second ability from yetis is that if they build their stronghold they can use power actions even if they are already taken so, yes. uh, for example, you can take three times in one round the seven coin actions, but only three power. Yeah, which we played that game with Hephaestus. How yeah. many times did he take the coin action? He took it some ridiculous number of times. I think he took it eight times or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's funny. And and uh, Helai, uh, at one point, he did some uh, analysis and uh, analysis with the with the data from Snellmand. And he said that, the, so for for all the games where Yetis won the game, the average, uh, so the, 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 they, they take uh, nine times the seven coin action on average. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the average game they win. So 
they're yeah, taking it crazy. more than that a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the thing is that, uh, the, of course, Yetis are always a nice pick if if it's, for example, a low coin uh, setup, because that's a good way for them to produce coins. Just take the coin action uh, as often as you want as, uh, from the uh, from the moment on when you have your stronghold on the board. And yeah, that's that's pretty nice. <clears throat> and it's worth mentioning as well that if you take it first, you still block other players from taking it. So if you are the first to take the coin action, you still stop other people from taking it, even though you can then take it again, right? Exactly, exactly. That's uh, that's correct. But uh, yeah, the, the nice thing is that you sometimes you have to. Uh, to sacrifice something else to not lose the, this action because the action is better. But uh, with Yetis, sometimes you can just let it on the table. Someone else takes it. You can do something else what is more important at then, uh, in that moment. And then you can take the coin action later on or first try to maximize your leech and then take it even two times or something. Sure, yeah. So often, yeah, you're... you're, you're allowing other important actions to be done first before you yeah get those yeah, coins exactly. again and again yeah there are two more things for yetis if we if we look at the boards or the player board for them uh one thing is that and that's only for yetis uh their sanctuary and their stronghold so both of their big buildings are worth four power tokens to form a city Yes, so as opposed you, to three. Yeah, instead of three, they are over four power. So you basically can build a city with stronghold and three dwellings because every dwelling is worth one power and the stronghold is worth four power. So you have, uh, if you summarize that up, you have seven and so you can form a town with them. <laughs> they're, they're pretty crazy. And for leech as well. So they get four, you get four leech. If yeah, someone exactly. builds next to your stronghold or your sanctuary. Exactly. And the last thing is, and this is for both Ice Maidens and Yetis, that the dig upgrade only costs one worker instead of two. So you can you just pay a worker five coins and the priest for a dig upgrade with Ice Maidens and with Yetis. Cool. And I think this is to compensate that they have to yeah dig every single hex if they want to build uh more dwellings uh, so it often makes a lot or i would say most of the time you you make uh, you upgrade digs with both factions sure yeah and you still get those six points exactly doing so yeah exactly um cool so of those things is there a particular one that defines how we play yetis? Is there something that dominates the way that you play them? Uh, I think you can say that, that there is one particular strategy or something how to play them, because I think in general, the ice factions uh, are pretty flexible. So you can, you can play with them very different lines and a lot of lines works pretty well. Uh, a line I I really like with uh, Yetis is um, 
So first of all, with Yetis, the most important thing for them is that they find a way to maximize their leech. So it's, it's if you want to outplay them, just don't give them any leech. And they really yeah. struggle. <laughs> because they need those, yeah, they're, they're looking to hit those cheap power actions as exactly. much as they can. As much as they can. And of course, with uh, they can use this power uh, much better than other fractions. Because first of, first, uh, first of all, they can use power actions uh, as often as they want. And they pay less for the power actions, so they can get out of better effort from those actions. <clears throat> so uh, a strategy I really like to play with Yetis is open with the Stronghold and then try to place three or four priests in the cult tracks in the first round. Because uh, <laughs> in the moment you have your Stronghold on the board, you can uh, take the priest action as often as your power uh, allows you. And so you can get some easy three, uh, three spots uh, three three spots in the in the in the courts, and yeah, that's pretty cool. So you can uh, with this strategy, you often can easily win at least three courts until the end of the game. And is that a common strategy? Do you see other people doing that, or is that a Geno special? No, it's not a Geno special. The thing is, uh, I can remember the first time I played against. Uh, uh, one, it was a fourteen hundred player on Snellman, so it was the first time for me playing against such a good player on Snellman. And he picked uh, those Yetis, and he played that strategy, and it worked out amazingly well. And I was really <laughs> impressed by that. And uh, so at the end, I was uh, discussing with him a little bit the strategy, and I think it's a it's a common strategy. You can do that, but um. If other players play well, they just uh, try to block you, uh, to block some some good uh, cult uh, cult tracks immediately with putting priests there. Or, for example, the priest you get from the from the bonus dial, or they take the priest action themselves. So, um, yeah, it's there are ways to counter that. But if you are able to, yeah, get some nice tree three spots it's super nice so i really liked it but as already mentioned before that's one line but there are super very different lines you can also just open with a temple uh, the standard opening and with yetis uh it's super nice to take the the air two favor yeah yeah because yeah, it, of yeah you get yeah, the power yeah, actions yeah, you get the power actions, and um, yeah, you can use that tile pretty nice. And so I would say, in in my opinion, it's ninety percent of the time better than Earth One, because you can just uh, expand faster, and you can use that tile so abuse that tile so well, uh, so that often you can just compensate it with other things. <clears throat> so you don't necessarily need this Earth One. Because the thing you, I guess, this is all like you're building the economy, but you need to score somehow. So if you're not taking Earth One, say you're scoring off the track, the scoring, the round scoring, and you're scoring off the bonus tiles, I guess. You're trying yeah, to. yeah, yeah, 
yeah, that that was that was what I wanted to say with that. Yeah, so that that I think it's it's super important to understand that that this uh, air two is is super strong for for Yetis. Uh, what's also to mention is that um, I know that this is a strategy Halai really likes to play is building trading posts in the first uh, in the first rounds. So normally you try to build as many dwellings as possible to expand your economy. But um, Yetis produce two power, two coins for every single trading post, not just for the third and fourth. So for example, if you have already two trading posts on the board, you already produce four power and four coins with those trading posts. So that's even better than Air 2. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's also a way. The thing I think you just need to find a way to get a lot of power, <laughs> and use this power for some good power actions, and uh, yeah, try to expand and rise your economy with that. Cool. So yeah, I'm re I'm really getting the sort of the flexibility, like you're saying. You've got some like totally different openings there, building the stronghold and like hammering repeatedly the same. Um, power action or building like multiple trading posts which is like a not often used opening or going for a temple and getting that air too um yeah like very versatile in how you can play them to to begin with yeah yeah exactly and um i think uh one thing what's uh, to mention at this point is that often it's not so great burning down too much with yetis because uh, later on in the game you get a huge amount of power just with your with your board so just with the things you produce with your buildings because also your stronghold gives you four power and uh, if you have our trading post and the stronghold on the board you already produce uh, uh, 12 power uh, and let's say you also have this air too, so you produce 16 power, and uh, you really want to to get them and not, uh, yeah, waste them. And at that point, it's just it's fueling your entire economy because if you haven't got workers, I guess you can just take the worker action. If you need digs, you've got the digs there that you need, or you can just get those coins, like yeah, get those valuable. Yeah, coins. so so. Normally, you can react on a lot of things as long as you as you get enough power. Because uh, if you need workers, you can just take them, and no one can block you. That's the nice thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's sounding pretty fun so far. I've never played them. This sounds fun. Yeah, you really have to try them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be my next, my next one probably. Um, is there anything else that's worth sort of other important info or maybe not so important info? The thing I'm seeing is that the eighth dwelling produces a worker, which is slightly different to um, base factions where you don't get a worker for the eighth dwelling. Uh, you've mentioned that they get a discount on dig advancing, that every trading post produces two power plus two coins. Is that about all the sort of niggly details of the Yetis? Yeah, I think I think we... We summarize everything. Yeah, that's the last thing that I forgot about that. That uh, the eight dwelling uh, with Yetis and with Ice Mains also produces a worker. So you can produce max nine workers if you have all, all dwellings on the board. 
yeah um yeah so we, you've talked about strategy the next question is what is a basic strategy and are we in summary are we saying that there is no set strategy and and experiment and do different things would is that what you would say mm, i think in general uh round four digging is pretty nice for both ice factions i think you can abuse pretty well uh, the round four digging because um since you just pay one worker for the dig upgrade uh it's easier to yeah to balance out your economy after that round and also you can use more more sp more digs in this round and uh, make even more points and the nice thing is uh after uh you dig those hexes no one can dig them back because often with uh i don't know uh, alchemists or halflings or other factions you dig a lot in round 4 and then you run into the into the problem that uh, yeah someone digs your hex back mm -hmm. but you don't have this problem with the with the ice factions in general i think early dwelling rounds are not so good again for both factions because it's not so easy to you can't make a dwelling rush or something like this it's not working because uh, you need for every hex you for every dwelling you want to build you need a, a dig or even more yeah. digs if, if if it's an expensive hex and so early other factions can abuse the early dwelling rounds much better than you if you play a nice faction yeah that's good and do you want a high is, is are you looking for a high scoring game like we mentioned earlier to score off the track and the bonus tiles and are you looking to win network and stuff like that yeah you you basically of course it always depends uh, on your strategy and um but you can always go for for network with them so if you are able to uh, build a good economy you can you can always easily compete for network not always mm -hmm. but uh, you have a good chance to compete for network it's not so easy because i often ended at the end with only i know 13 structures on the map because uh, you don't have to underestimate this that using digs for every hex is expensive and you really yeah. have to yeah you really need a good economy to make this possible but I also had games where I was able to build 16 structures. So uh, it really depends. It really depends a lot if your enemies decide to yeah, give you some leech or not. Yeah, that, and that's, yeah, you want that leech, I guess. And I guess that's yeah. another reason for like a stronghold opening or I guess it's another reason to build the sanctuary is that you they give you those easier towns and earlier towns and they give you that leech that you really want i suppose yeah 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 and uh yeah one thing what's to mention with i with yetis is uh, i my personal opinion is that often it's not worth it but uh, with yetis it's easier to build for four cities because uh, since your big buildings are are worth four uh powers power tokens mm -hmm instead of three uh it's easier to build four cities <clears throat> yeah yeah you just sort of need two less 
do less upgrades across yeah those four yeah. towns next thing with uh, with yetis is that the 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 power town is uh, a super nice town for them oh give the power town a go nice love it yeah normally you uh, the power town is not the best uh, choice or of course always depending on the on the situation but for yetis you see them often taking the power town uh, with the first town if the two key town is already taken and if they or if they need some more stuff for that round uh, the power town is always a great choice for yetis yeah and it just gets you a worker action or maybe also two actions if you get uh, i don't know five or six power with the with the eight power from the city in Boulder Three, you can yeah. take two actions, and yeah, it's even better. It's much better than a worker town or a coin town. So the power town is if if you want an an economic town. So if we compare worker town, uh, coin town, and power town, the power town is uh, always better for for yetis. And a question I have is, how are you generating? your spades in general are you trying to use the double coin sorry the double dig power action a lot or are you trying to get spades off the cults with all those priests that you're sending to cults or are you just waiting to get your digs upgraded i guess it depends on what stage of the game we're at yeah yeah of course it depends so i think uh it's always nice if you get spades from the cults uh but it's not always so easy uh but i think in the first i think first three rounds first four rounds um the double spade action is a, let's say the first three rounds the first three rounds, the double spade action is a nice way to expand to get some dwellings on the board and uh later on round four five six uh you will often see upgrading them their spades and then uh yeah use workers to dig out more hexes and expand uh, expand more cool and you also mentioned that yeah they can win like you said you can even win sort of three cults because you can get those priests early and cheaply yeah if if you if you go for that strategy you you uh put some priests in in the in the first round into the cult track and then you try to rush the first city and take the two key down to mm. uh, yeah and then you have a good chance to win three cults cool um this is good of course don't forget that uh going up in the cults is also nice because you always get this power if you if you get yes. uh, over the, the the steps and yeah that's also a nice way to generate some power yeah great um so we're sort of talking about how strong they are and you can do all this stuff and they've got all these strategies but in general are they good you played them the first time you played terra mystica and you lost and you're you were at that point were a future fire to open champion are they a good faction or not um I think they are a good I think they are a good faction. Of course it always depends on the on the setup and uh uh but so 
I, I can remember that in the early games, Yetis uh, seemed to be a super, super strong faction. And then people realized that and uh, yeah, understand that they can do anything if you don't give them leech in the early game. And so this is always the danger you run into. If, uh, mm-hmm. if you pick them, and so if, if, the, col- if the color setup is so that uh, people need to upgrade next to you so they have no other choice, so you're pretty safe. But often there is this, uh, there are these possibilities where you can upgrade or on the left side of the map or on the right side, and uh, so I personally always take care and yeah, think about that if it's better to upgrade on the other side and not give you this this extra power in the early game because later on it's not that crucial if they have a bad start they really struggle and they they struggle the whole game. Uh, but if they have a, a good start, they can uh, easily expand great and uh, yeah have have a good start. And and so I think that's the big counter for Yetis. If you get lead strafed, uh, you have a tough game. Yeah. Okay. So that yeah, that's which is <laughs> it's kind of unpredictable in a way, isn't it? I guess, and it's going to be harder to think in a in a Snellman game. You can <clears throat> think for longer about where the leech party is going to be but when you've only got a few minutes at the start of a real-time game that might be slightly harder on board game arena yeah yeah for sure Uh, but i think uh, often it also makes a lot of sense to build your stack structures next to yetis because if you can maximize your own leech there it's of course also better for you so you can you you can't just play to block Yetis because you can, of course, also win against them. Or even if you give them, if you even if you give them leech in the early game or anything, so it always depends, and it's not so easy said. But I think in general, that's the big issue for Yetis. If they don't get leech in the early game, they really struggle. They struggle even more than other factions. Yeah, but. If you yeah, if you just avoid them, you're not going to get the leech from them. Ah, oh, that's why Terra Mystica is such a good game. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, so, are there any particular maps or expansion scoring or that they work well with um, the Yetis? So, I think um, yeah. So, expansion scorings. I, I think uh, the edge scoring is super, yeah, it, it again depends on the setup, but they can use every every single expansion, expansion scoring pretty nice. So clusters are great. If they have upgraded dick and chips, they can just cluster around. Um, the distance, uh, Sanctuary Stronghold distance and distance, they are both great because uh, with Yetis, you often build both big buildings, so you can try to maximize their distance. Uh, yeah. it, it depends a little bit uh, where, you, where you start, and if you start with a stronghold, uh, you, uh, if you want to go for the Sanctuary Stronghold distance, you need to yeah, care about this, because if you upgrade in the center of the map, then of course it's not so easy to get a big uh, Sanctuary Stronghold distance. 
but in general, I think since those factions are so, or Yetis are so flexi uh, flexible, they can contest for all the uh, expansion uh, uh, scorings. Cool, cool. Um, and so the last question really is, are they, I th yeah, I think we've talked about how you counter them, haven't you? Um, so the only thing to ask is, are they fun to play? They sound like a fun faction to play and like a, yeah, a good one for people who are new to fire and ice, maybe like to give them a go straight away because it's this sort of a whole new way of having freedom to take whatever power action you want and like rule the board. It might be difficult to win, but it, they do sound fun. Yeah. So I personally really like to play them. So if I see, also on the fire and ice uh, ladder. If I see a possibility to play them, uh, I go for them because it's always fun. You you can do a lot. For... I can I can uh, tell you one example. So the first uh, Fjords League I played, so Bowser Hux was in my game, <laughs> and uh, at some point I had up I had maxed my ship and my dicks. And I duck all the hexes of both sides from the big land masses so that Bowser couldn't connect anymore with, with nomads. <laughs> okay. So because I, you really have to, to dig all the hexes on both sides of the river because otherwise he could, uh, he could take one of those hexes. But I, I, I think it was a, a dig round and I just duck all the hexes because he was my biggest uh, competitor. <laughs> Uh, if I did, I, I think if I didn't do that, he he would have won the game, and that was my way to, <laughs> to kill him. And <laughs> nice. it was really funny because I had a ton of resources, and I just dug all the hexes on both sides of the river, and he couldn't connect anymore because everything was white. <laughs> <laughs> if you can find it, send me the link, and I'll try and yeah include the link to your yeah yeah I can send it later. On. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Oh, cool, man. That was really good. Um, is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you want to mention about the Yetis? Yeah. You asked me before on, on which maps they're good or bad. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I, it's a bit hard for me to, to answer that. I think they have a niche for every map. So I think one general thing is that uh, so you have to make always one big decision at the beginning of the game, and that's which color do I take. And um, so you really want to also have some starting locations where the other factions don't take away your hexes, because you want expand that fast. So you really need to, um, yeah, to have a possibility to get those those hexes also a little later on, so in round three, two, three, or something, and so you really, really want to, uh, yeah, to, for example, if you if you play on base map, and there is already picked, I don't know, there was I I think I saw a game where was there was already picked green and gray, first and second seed. Don't ask me why you want to ever do that in green into gray with the first two picks. But then uh, I think it was Matt the Lesser. It was a game from him. He, he then picked brown 
because um, yeah, he asks himself what will be the f he was in third position. What will be the fourth pick? And even if someone picks uh, black or yellow, he still had enough possibilities to get hexes later on. And I think that's a super important uh, decision you have to make at the at the beginning. And I uh, really often struggle to find the right color. And that, of course, depends a lot on the map. Uh, mm. But uh, that's also a possibility to block away one one faction. So, for example, if you pick black on the base map, uh, you can block darklings uh, with that. And often that's yeah. also a possibility to yeah just block away one faction with your color choice. Yeah, sure. That's yeah. That does sound diff yeah in a way tricky. That it does require some knowledge of each map and what what color combinations affect each other on different maps hmm. interesting and uh, i think uh, in general on uh, on fjords they are pretty nice because uh, as i already mentioned they nearly always upgrade digs and so that's a nice way to to dig through these big land masses yep where other yep. often struggle or get cut off or what what else but they so they are very flexible and can also i don't know take a hex with a cost of three dicks or something to just uh yeah get through these land masses mm. Mm. So i think they are uh uh not one of the best factions but they are a pretty okay faction on fjords mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. very good uh you want to move on to the Ice Maidens? Yeah, so Ice Maidens. Hey, one thing I wanted to ask you, sorry. What is the name of the Yetis and the Ice Maidens in German and or Italian, as we've got a, a foreign language speaker? So uh, Ice Maidens is Frostfeen. In English is... Oh, I don't even know how to pronounce it. That fairy, <laughs> oh, a fairy, a fairy. Yeah, yeah, fairy. So frozen, yeah, frozen fairy is the translation. I don't know oh, why they translated. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, yetis is uh, yetis. It's the same. Oh, okay, easy. <laughs> yeah, that's the easy one. <laughs> Nice little diversion there. Anyway, Ice Maidens or Frost Fian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, what, it, what is their main ability? So their, their main ability is that they start with a favor tile. So uh, with Ice Maidens, it's even harder at the beginning of the game because you don't even have to just uh, pick a color, but you also have to choose a favor tile. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> so you you have even more freedom or uh, what you can do at the start of the game. Yeah, so there's a lot to think about, but obviously a very nice benefit to have that free favorite tile at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And their, and their stronghold ability is that they get... Uh, so uh, it's nearly the same as uh, engineers so they get when they pass they get three points for every temple on the board yeah so like engineers who get three points for every bridge on the board ice maidens three points for every temple and you can have a maximum of three temples 
like yeah normal. cool and as we already mentioned before the their eight dwelling produces a worker and their dick upgrade just costs one worker instead of two yeah much yeah like the yetis so which of those two things is the most important when you're playing them yeah i think it it always so with ice mains you always have the we have two possibilities or you play tall or you play play uh white so that you expand yep um yeah i think you at the beginning of the game you need to let both possibilities open and then around uh, around two three depending on on where the others are and what the others are doing yeah you need to make a decision do i go white or do i go tall and that's always uh yeah a really hard decision <laughs> because i guess if you're going tall you can try and build a yeah like if you're going for an engineer's bridge game a hard thing to pull off you can try and build that stronghold and try and get as many temples as yeah. you can and sit on them and just score off them for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So try to get nine points with passing. And yeah, I have already seen that people were able to get around uh, nearly 40 points just with the stronghold ability. No, no, not not 40. That was a little bit... No, I, I just miscalculated. So three times nine plus six... I think that was the maximum I ever saw. It was 35. Which is still a nice point tool. Yeah, but 33. I'm not, I'm not a good calculator. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 27, 33. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to worry about that. BGA does. It works out. Yeah, BGA does this. <laughs> so, again, you've got these sort of... Well, yeah, sort of, yeah, like you say, the the tall or the the wide way of playing, and that sort of depends which dominates. In terms of a basic strategy, I guess an important thing is that early favor tile. What type of favor tile are you looking to take with them? So I think it should always be an econ favor, uh, because uh-huh. uh, I can remember that I read in. A f- I think it was also Matales of wrote that uh, it's so if you take an an econ favor in round one, an econ favor in round zero is even more twenty percent stronger than taking it in round one because you already produce that in round one, so you take it before producing. So, for example, if you take the work up, so the the Earth two, you produce instead of you produce one more worker, one more power at the beginning of the game. And so because of that, I think it should always be an econ favor. Because of the way that snowballs, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because of the way that snowballs. And you still can build a temple in round one and uh, take uh, Earth one or even a second econ favor, depending on on what's your strategy. Uh, But uh, in general, uh, most often uh, I have seen or Earth 2 or Air 2. So that are the most common uh, favorite tiles picked at the beginning of the game. Any any reason why not Fire 1? I guess because, well, uh, is it because you get a lot of coins at the start of the game? 
I think it's you can use that one worker in round one is often so important. I mean, if if yep. you you think about that for a second, so normally you are able to get some coins in round one. You don't need them so uh, so hard, but it's even harder. To, uh, it's it's much harder to uh, yeah to find a way to get one more worker in round one. And so uh, with that worker, you may can build one more structure in round one. And that can snowball even better. But uh, there is also a second reason, um, and that's that you uh, that you start with two steps on on that color on the cool track. So if you take care of two, two on earth. If you take care of two, two on air. And it's easier to hit uh, the fourth step. And fire one don't gives you that uh, that much. I. So ice maidens start on air and water at the beginning of the game. So on one step on air, one on water, yeah. and uh, there are some rare circumstances where uh, water too is also a possibility. But you don't take that at at starting, but in round one, so you can hit uh, step four in round. Yeah. Uh, in round one, after round one, and get I don't know the priest or uh, I think the other thing is spade, right? Um, on water, yeah, yeah, spade, yeah, yeah. So spade or priest, yeah, yeah. So in in general, ice maidens uh, can do pretty well in cults. So I already saw uh, some games where they won all four cults at the end of the game. If they and that's always the case when they play uh, tall, so like uh, swamlings, and and that's because you're, I guess, like chaos in a similar way to chaos magicians. You're building a lot of temples, so you're generating priests that you can send to yeah. cults, and you are yeah. getting those favor tiles which can send you up the cults. That's exactly the thing. So you normally uh, start with a with a temple in round one, and then you build a second temple in round two or in round three. And because of that, uh, it, it's it's uh, it's always nice to have the temple scoring event in round two or three, because other faction often don't build a second temple, because that could harm their uh, their uh, ability to, to snowball or to get a good economy. But Ice Maidens uh, really like that, to build a second temple pretty early. Um, so if they already start with one Econ Favor, they take a second Econ Favor or Earth 1 in round 1, and then they, they can take, for example, if they took Earth 1 in round 1, they can take a second Econ Favor in round 2. And so you can, with, with, so you can also get a good economy with this uh, strategy. Cool. A word on air two. They only start on. They start with six power in bowl two and six power in bowl one. So they're a bit of a disadvantage there to, compared to other factions. So air two would kind of get you in the same position as like halflings and engineers with, well, slightly ahead with ten power in bowl two at the start of the game. Yeah. Yeah. So normally. Uh, so I think Earth 2 is the standard favor to start. Mm -hmm. And Air 2, you take Air 2 if you want to secure uh, the double spade, for example, in round one. 
Cool. If you see, if you see, you get a edge on double spade. If you take the two air favor, and then it always depends a lot uh, what in the track. So if there are some air rewards in the track, you, I think it, it it's often better to just start with air two and try to get as much uh, um, cult rewards as you can. Uh, and if there are, for example, the the digging digging into the game where you get coins from earth or uh, the other earth event where you get spades um it's always nice uh, to start with earth too because yeah you can get more effort out of the of the cult awesome so again sort of talking about the strategy in in general they sound they're a bit more on the vanilla side compared to yetis yetis are a bit wild with their ability ice maidens are a bit more normal is that fair to say yeah it's fair to say but uh yeah i think in general also for ice maidens uh, round four digging is pretty nice um because they get that cheap dig upgrade yeah cheap dig upgrade and uh I know also late down events are great for them. So downs round uh round six are pretty nice for them because they can uh yeah, dig hexes, secure the down hexes and then uh, build up those downs later on. Yeah, if if we if we look at the at the second uh at the expansion scorings, uh endgame yeah. scorings, I think that the worst one is uh the sanctuary stronghold. Because they normally don't want to build their sanctuary. Uh, the the goal is, I think, to build uh, to build your stronghold in round four or five, and then try to get out as many points from that stronghold as possible. With having temples on the board. Yeah, with having temples on the board, and if you build your uh, sanctuary, you yeah you have to put back a temple on your board, and can't get the points from this temple. And so uh, you normally want don't want to build your sanctuary. So the goal often is to have stronghold and three temples on the board at the end of round four or five. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So because of that, also the sanctuary stronghold event is very nice if it's in round four or five. Get that stronghold up. Yep. Mm -hmm. Very nice. With so obviously there's sort of for people who are new to this the parallel is the the similar faction is engineers with the bridge scoring with engineers a lot of the time you don't really use the bridge scoring it's not the best way for engineers to score and or you might just do it in round 6 if if you've got some extra resources you know is that ever true with Ice Maidens, or do you always want to be scoring the temples with your stronghold? I think it's a bit different than Engineers, because first of all, um, if you compare the big buildings at Engineers with the rest of the buildings, they are super expensive. Yep. And uh, that big diff that it's not such a big difference at Ice Maidens, since they have normal costs, so... A trading post costs two worker three coins if you build next to someone else, and uh, the stronghold is four six. 
And if you compare it with, with engineers where a trading post just costs one worker and two coins and a temple one worker and four coins, but the big buildings, three workers and six coins, it's a huge difference. So you often yeah. can just build um, more, of the auto dwell uh, more of the auto buildings and get out the same amount of, uh, of points until the end of the game or even more because you just win more cults, you win the network. And so um, it's, it's much better, or it's often much better for engineers to, to just build the other dwellings and try to maximize your economy. But with Ice Maidens, it's different because first of all, you already have those temples on the board and with engineers, you need to build bridges which just gives you three points. Of course, also cities if you need them, but often you also just build them to get the points. And with ice mains, you already have those temples on the board and you can just build the stronghold and then score those temples for the rest of the game. And that's, uh, I think that's the huge difference. And because of that, this stronghold is for ice mains much, much better than the stronghold for engineers. Great. Uh, that's a very nice explanation. I like that a lot. Um, you mentioned earlier about playing them wide or tall. Can you, it sounds tricky, but can you speak a bit more to that and a bit about how that works differently and why you would decide to go one way or the other? So uh, when I play Ice Mains, I normally decide, so I have to say that I just played them with two end scorings. And so at the beginning of the game, I always decided, do I go for network or do I go for the second end scoring? I, with ice mains, I never ran for both of them. So, uh, okay. Because you won't have so many structures on the board and even, uh, yeah, enough to build uh, for the second end scoring. Um, I think before, uh, earlier I didn't mention which uh, second end scorings are great for them. So I think in general, um, the uh, the edge the edge scoring could work if it's uh, if you play a digging line. But in general, the clusters and distance work pretty well for them. Mm -hmm. So if you if you if there is clusters. You often just play a two-city strategy and try to maximize the clusters until the end of the game. Or um, also the distance works pretty nice. So you don't have, you don't need so many structures on the board, but you just try to maximize your digs and your ships, and uh, yeah, to maximize your distance. So you have a, a great chance to just win that end scoring and maybe even end last on network, but that. That doesn't matter. You get your 18 points. Yeah, yeah. If you get, uh, or even try for 18 points from the distance. And uh, if you play, so that means that you also play tall. So you have enough priests and stuff to, to do well in the cults. So I think you have some nice ways to, to score points with them. Cool. But if, uh, if, it's, if it's like a sanctuary stronghold distance, extra scoring i guess on snailman maybe you wouldn't choose ice maidens but in a bga game if they're in the auction and you get them you're maybe going to say right i'm going to totally ignore that and i'm go on a expanding digging line and try and win network 
yeah of course that's a possibility but at the end of the day you always need uh, yeah at the beginning of the game you need to make yourself an overview uh, where do I can make points? Because somewhere you need to make points in the end scoring, or you make points in in the court track, or in one of the of the end scorings, or network, or the fire and ice expansion network uh, end scoring. And yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense if you uh, decide that at the beginning of the game, and then you just go down a certain line and ignore the other one because uh if you play on a high level table uh it's it's really it's uh it's super um yeah it could happen that at the end of the game you get nowhere points so you lose cults you lose network you lose the other end scoring because you wanted everything and didn't focus well enough for uh certain things and so uh, often it helps you to just decide at the beginning of the game, uh, where do I have an edge? Uh, where do I can make uh, some points? And then focus on that and try to win that and ignore the other one. Cool. That's really good. Um, I like that. So are the Ice Maidens a strong faction or a weak faction in general? Yeah, that's a super good question. So in my opinion, they are super tricky to play. Uh, and also, uh, in my opinion, they are, it's not so easy to play them. So, uh, of course, it, we can say again, yeah, they are super flexible and you can do a lot of stuff. But at the end of the day, you need yeah, to find a way to also make enough points at the end of the game. And I have to say that I already had some struggle with them. So it can okay. go well, but uh, yeah, it can also end in a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they are a tricky faction. I, in my opinion, Yetis are, uh, yeah, are a lot, lot easier to play than Ice Mains. Sure, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but in the hands of a... Of a if a good player in the hands of Matt the Lesser, the Ice Maidens can be very good. Yeah, they can be very good. Um, I think, for example, the uh, if we look at the bonus tiles, uh, the spade tile is always nice for Ice Maidens because uh, at the beginning of the game they need they don't have already an upgraded uh, dig, so they needed uh, they need power actions or they need spades from the courts or they need to find a way to get spades. Since they mm. have no home terrain, they need to <laughs> transform some hexes. And um, uh, that's one thing. And for scoring tiles, I think, again, like with Yeti's early dwelling events are, are not great for them. Late dwelling events are great for them because uh, at mm -hmm. the end of the game, they often can expand pretty well. Uh, the dwelling pass tile is... If there is the dwelling pass tile in the game, that's not so nice for Ice Maidens because normally other factions can abuse that much better than Ice Maidens. But um, the pass shipping is pretty nice for them because they they have a, a lot of priests since they should have a lot of temples on the board. So they often just maximize their digs and ships. And so they can abuse very well the shipping tile, pass shipping tile. Awesome. Awesome. Um, cool. 
are there any we've we've talked a bit about expansion scoring but are there any maps that they work particularly well with i guess it's a similar story to yetis yeah it's that's a super tough question for me because i think i don't have enough experience or i just watched and i think i i have 11 games with ice maidens on snellman and uh I can remember that some of them were live games with friends, so uh, and also three-player games. So I can't compare that so good. Uh, but in general, I think with Yetis, I also had some. I, I already had some experience with on on good tables, and I also played against good good people. And with Ice Mains, I just had one game. This one game in the Fire and Ice ladder in game one where I played against Fruity. And yeah, that was, for me, it was really tough to, yeah, find ways to score in that, uh, <laughs> on that table. That was, uh, was not an easy job, but I can remember that there was also the distance and scoring in the game. And I just, uh, yeah, went from the left down edge to the uh, right upper edge. So I made maximum distance at the end of the game. And so, uh, yeah, I, I got some nice, I think I got the 18 points from the distance and scoring. And I got zero points from network. So that was the one example, what I said before that I just, uh, yeah, had the plan. I upgraded dicks and ships with ice mains and, uh, yeah, tried to win the distance and try to get some points from the stronghold. Uh, that was my start. I think I ended on 130 or something. That was just enough for getting dirt <laughs> yeah i'm looking at it now actually yeah i can see your your dwellings in the top right and the bottom left yeah in general i think distance and uh and clusters are nice uh and scorings for them cool so yeah they do sound tricky for sure unlike yetis um if you're an opponent playing the ice maidens is there anything you can do to get in their way or or counter i guess their ability you can't really block their ability because it's just inherent but is there anything else you can do hmm that's a good question um, I'm, I'm thinking about it and i feel like there's not much in particular that you can, you can yeah really I, I, I think i think you cannot do more than with other factions so maybe yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. maybe just care that uh they don't take your key hexes or you don't give them the possibility to just dig away your hex and they, because they don't, if they don't have to, or if other things are more important, they can just dig a hex, uh, which is important for you and for them in, in white and build later on on that hex because you can't dig it back. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's the only thing that you care not to lose key hexes to them. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, yeah, it's it's the same as with all the other factions. Yeah, just keep an eye on when they've got that ship fully upgraded and dig fully upgraded, and yeah, then watch out for your hexes because they can. I, I guess yeah. the thing is, with one worker, they can take three different colors straight away. Yeah, that's true of any faction. Yeah, whatever. They can dig the hexes. 
yeah, for example, in, in that game I played in the Fire and Ice Ladder, I can remember that uh, I at the end of the game, in round six, I killed the connection of Darklings, and because of that I ended third and not last. Darklings with ship free, or in general black with ship free, can surround this uh, eastern uh, big island. Uh, there is always a black hex with a range of three water hexes. Yeah. So with ship free, you can expand there really nice. And uh, they delayed that until the last round. And I already had upgraded digs there. And I think I had two workers left or something. And so I decided to dig one of those hexes into white. Yeah, yeah, and they had no yeah. more possibility to connect. So, and that, that's, that's one example. So maybe you don't uh, delay that too long so that ice mains... Uh, have resources left to make uh, moves against you, and you don't don't give them a possibility to, uh, yeah, to to do such things. But in general, it always you have enough time because uh, it's not so easy with ice maidens to do things pretty early and fast. So it it yours a bit uh, until you have everything upgraded and everything set up to yeah to put down the things. Cool, cool. Um, is there anything else about the Ice Maidens that we haven't talked about or that you think about the Yetis or the Ice Factions in general? Hmm, I think more or less I try to cover everything. I think you've done a very good job. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I've learned a lot. <laughs> so that's great. <laughs> uh, thank you. Hopefully other people will do too. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, I I think you just have to try them out and experiment a little bit with them. So they have a lot of potential, but I think uh, there is still a lot to uh, yeah to try and uh, maybe we see some new lines with them. It could happen because they are not so popular on uh, so ice mains are not that popular on Snellman. They get not picked very often in high-ranked games. Mm -hmm. So maybe so yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, maybe we see some new crazy stuff with them. Yeah, I hope they do get picked because I can imagine the Yetis are just going to be so... Everyone wants to play Yetis, right? So that means Ice Maidens maybe won't get chosen very much, but I hope they do. Yeah, I hope so too. Maybe there is one last thing we can say, so... Uh about the landscapes from those two factions. Ah, I always forget the landscapes. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, maybe that's that's interesting. So Ice Maiden, so both landscapes have no, uh, um, so uh, you can build them from the beginning on. No, how do you say that in English? No prerequisites. Pre prerequisites, yes. Oh, that's, yeah. uh, that's a complicated word. <laughs> prerequisites, <laughs> okay. It's, yeah, there's a lot of R's, which yeah, for a, a German a German speaker is not so easy. Prerequisites. Prerequisites. Okay. So <laughs> okay. So um, the, the the landscape from Ice Mains is called Winterfall, and uh, they they every time they so if they have the landscape on the board, every time they build the temple, they get immediately one spade. Nice. So uh, I think that should be our uh, early game landscape because then you can get, if you build three temples or even more, 
so you have the possibility to build uh, four temples if you also build your sanctuary. But every time you build your temple, you get a spade. And I think this landscape can help you a lot to uh, yeah get some better expansion at the beginning of the game because often you if there you really need to find ways to get spades in the early game, and so that's a nice way to yeah to get some spades. Build a temple, get a spade. Nice. And the landscape of Yetis is called Frozen Peak. And in the moment, as also no prerequisite. <laughs> uh, yeah, very good, very good. Yeah, that was spot on. <laughs> and so in the moment they build the landscape, they get immediately two new power tokens in Bowl 3. That's also interesting. Mm, they like power, don't they? Yeah, they like it a lot. Two and extra. Yeah, so if they didn't burn until until that point, they have fourteen power in the in the circle. Scary. That's yeah, very scary. Even scarier. <laughs> so they can make even even more uh, coin actions. I want to see. Uh, I, I I'm I'm sure this will happen, but I want to start seeing record coin actions per game <laughs> for Yetis. That's going to be a <laughs> A big competition, isn't it? What's the most you could ever possibly get? The new challenge. And I guess, and win the game. Like, win the game, most coin actions taken. Because you could just take loads and not win, but to win the game and do it would be interesting. Yeah, that uh, would be interesting to see, yeah. But I think uh, those two landscapes are... Maybe the Yetis one is a little bit boring. You just get the two power tokens. But I think the one with for Ice Mains is super interesting. And I think it it changes their game uh, a lot to get those early spades. Uh, super yeah. interesting, uh, super interesting landscape. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, thank you very much for doing this. It's fun. I hope people find it useful. Uh, yeah very grateful yeah thanks a lot it was also a lot of fun for me and uh, uh and i learned a new word <laughs> <laughs> and i learned frost freunden frost fien fien frost fien. yeah yeah there we exactly. go nice <laughs> uh cool um Right, I'd better go. Thank you again, and I will speak to you soon about stuff. All right, thanks for having me, and see you around, mate. See ya. Bye-bye.